All right, all right, all right. How's everyone doing? Thank you so much for tuning in to Back to Your Story, podcast about real people and real stories. Today, we have on the legendary Dylan Landon. Man, this guy's freaking awesome. Not only uh, he's an actor, a host, uh, he's the producer of The Impulsive Show, the greatest podcast in the world. Minus to mine or next to mine, however that fucking phrase goes. Um, <clears throat> but this dude was awesome. He has one hell of a story. And it was just like really cool to see the the inner workings of uh, the, the, the industry, the podcast world outside of mine. Um, and being able to, to relate with someone, I think, is really important. You know, I've done a lot of these podcasts, and I've met some amazing people. But sometimes you, uh, you know, you have a certain connection with with different people, and that's how it's been with uh, each guest. Each and every guest I've had a different connection with, and and I really felt uh, like a strong connection. We just had a blast bullshitting and talking and getting to hear more about his story. And we we did we talked a little bit about you know Logan Paul and the Impulsive Show and all that fun stuff, but it was more about who he is as a person, where he came from and and how he got to where he is today um the moon is bright or the sky is bright for this young man and uh and i'm really excited to share his story so without further ado here's the story of dylan landon from the land of mystery where dreams become reality always listening to stories from the past the present and the future this is back to your story Mic check, yeah, sir. I'll probably not even wear them, but I'll just. You're not a headphone type of person, nah, because that's all right. You know, in in real life, we don't wear headphones. You know, I get that. I want to feel real, (laughs) but that sounds good. All right, just 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 let me know if I'm too loud. No, no, no. I'll copy. You feel feel free to wear headphones. I got you. I got. It does feel weird about wearing them, though. You wear them. I won't. Are you sure? One thousand. All right. All right. Here, do you want some headphones? No, I don't even know if I can get headphones over there. There we go. How we doing, man? Oh, my God. So good to be here. <laughs> the level of professionalism that you bring to the table, it's an honor to be here. Thank you because so much, the man. The way you speak, your kindness, your effort, just, yeah, the professionalism was great. Very impressed. Very impressed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that, man. This is... Uh, you know, back to your story is my, it's, it's my baby. It's my heart and soul. Like I going through this entire journey has just really taught me a lot about who I am as a person and, and really has allowed me to meet some amazing people that I never thought was possible and get to do some cool things with, you know, family. And I, it's just been, a, it's been a wild ride. And so I, I do appreciate people like yourself coming on, taking the time out of your busy day to, you know, show up and tell your story. Yeah. Well, what's your goal with this podcast? Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. That's a great question. Um, you know, my goal with this podcast is to be able to share as many stories as possible, right? Meet some amazing people along the way and uh, maybe one day, hopefully, right, uh, you know, turn it into some type of profession, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. But right now I'm enjoying everything and I don't want to put the cart before the horse, mm. right? So, uh, but but finding a way to, um, you know, take it to the next level, obviously, cool. that is my 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 next one we'll year goal keep doing it exactly well that's it right yeah. it's just like i i have this philosophy it's like uh just fucking do it mm-hmm. right uh you know a lot of times in my own personal life i would always hit these walls and and i would never i just get right fucking there 
and couldn't make it over or through it. And then especially with this podcast, right? I, one of my really good friends, Tyler Turner said this, because just fucking do it, man. Just fucking do just it. Just do it. And so now I have this philosophy. It's like, dude, just fucking do it. 100%. See this shit through. You got to make life happen. Absolutely. Make life happen. Exactly. That's the mantra to live yes, by. Yes, yes, yes. What about yourself, man? Well, thanks for asking because yeah. I want to do, I want to do a good job today at allowing you to control the show because it's your show. And so already I got <laughs> off to asking you questions no. and stuff like that because that's just my nature yes and so i want to do a good job today at surrendering yeah and just being available for you and your questions and your audience yes hi I got audience <laughs> how are you today hello how are you how are here. you very first thing we're going to move this stuff over to the other side is that cool copy yes roger that there we go so, uh, so i mean acai bowl yes, for the guests yes. wow <laughs> wow shout out high to quality <laughs> production shout out to eat real cafe man they're, they're definitely doing uh, it. so how am i doing i'm doing yeah. well i i uh, had a lesson in humility yesterday because i haven't done this in a long time but i was offered an opportunity opportunity to bartend at an event and I was like oh, am I really gonna do this like oh, I just don't want to do this anymore I haven't done it in so long like I shouldn't be doing this like what if I see somebody I know like oh that's like so embarrassing and then it's <laughs> like I started like getting in my head so much and then I was like shut the fuck up like just go yes. and it's only good things are gonna happen yeah. well this is what happened I saw in the guy in the host event like in his Instagram profile it said burning man so I was like okay it's going to be a good vibe at least. <laughs> and then he had dope houses. So I went literally for 12 hours. I literally just like hung out and had an amazing time. And like, I barely, I worked, but you know, I was just like sort of there vibing with everybody and it got off. Well, I even did see somebody that I've worked with before and only went positively. And I've made so many connections at this thing yesterday that yes. only good things are going to come yes. and earlier in the day yesterday. I'm asking God for like connection and, and more people in my life and like cool new people. And like, that's what I, who I met yesterday. And that's the numbers I got, like all these like cool new people that yes. like all these things are going to come. So just about like surrendering and going with the flow of things and all good things will come. I think that's so important, man. A lot of times in life, you know, when we are given an opportunity and sometimes we think that it is, you know, at the caliber, not at the caliber of what we are, are trying to achieve our goals and things of that nature but uh, a key word is humility right yeah, you know just word. lower yourself down and 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 surrender yourself as you said so kudos now, to you man i don't want to interrupt the show but yeah. you did mention the lights were supposed to go on they were and i just was realizing okay, that just cool. a second ago Sounds so there good. we go right yeah, so give me a high five effort, yeah. yes yes you, as you said in the beginning I'm, I'm so professional but i forgot to put on the fucking lights <laughs> well Tyler, the thing this is, is your fault it's a day show it's a daytime <laughs> show it is it is I mean, it would have been fine regardless uh, at nighttime. If it's only Let's see. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it, I nice. I love that. Well, you know, that's what I do. I'm a producer. I that television's my time, thing. Though, I've ever done that. Normally, I, I don't. have a captivating way about yeah. myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, usually I have these systems set up checks and balances, but um, I guess I completely failed on that one. So sorry about that, guys. We're back. And, and we're back. back. And we're back. So tell me, Dylan, where does your story start, man? Where does uh, where does your beginnings start? Because I asked you earlier and you said, let's keep. Yeah, going. exactly. Well, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I've uh, born and raised in Brooklyn. That's my big part of who I am. It's yeah. part of my identity, my shtick. Yes. And I went to the University of Arizona for college, which was awesome. Uh, and that was like a meant to be type of thing too. I, like my life just totally like sort of, you know, that was like a new genesis of life for me in college. And then after college, I went home for a little and then I moved to LA. But why or how did I move to LA is because uh, when I, after college, I knew I wanted to be like edgy Ryan Seacrest and back to the whole make life happen thing. I was uh, in a little bit of a bicycle accident and I had like my knee 
wrapped up a little bit. And so I was like laid up on the couch for like a Shit. week. Couldn't walk. I could walk. I shouldn't walk. I wasn't supposed to walk. So, you know. I get it. Blessings. <laughs> so I'm watching TV. I'm not supposed to walk. And I'm like, wait a second. Hold on. Last week, I was 100% fully healthy. And I'm laying on the couch watching TV doing the exact same thing I'm doing right now. And I really can't walk. That doesn't make sense. No. So if I want to be the edge of Ryan Seacrest, I have to go and make life happen. I have to go do that. And I love, at the time, I was always DJing in college and throwing all the parties. And in post-college, I was that guy. Like you, I had all the music and stuff like that. And this is before playlists. So it's like, that yes, was, I did that for days. everyone. So it's like, <laughs> I would I'd be on the computer for like two hours a day, getting all the new music, playing it at night, doing that. Blah, blah, blah. And I always loved music festivals. And I was like, I'm not going back to another music festival unless I'm on the stage. There we go. I'm not going to be one in 100,000. I'm, I'm going to be part of the thing I love so much. So I was so passionate about it. And I wanted to be the next Ryan Seacrest, edgy Ryan Seacrest. So I started shooting a little web show called Electro Night Live, which started on like an iPhone. Shit, there we and, go. And uh, then eventually my friend, I've met, I had a friend who had like a DSLR and we started doing like that. And then he had, he had like Final Cut and we started like just making it a little better. And it was your must have downloads. You know, three must-have downloads, your news, jokes, comedy. Oh, Miley Cyrus did this, or <laughs> Dead Mouse did this, and, yeah. and, and oh, Tonight at the Club, a girl's this, blah, blah, blah. And your number three song is this. Jeez. Whatever. So we did that. Did that for like every week for X amount of weeks. I probably ended up doing like 10, but midway through when I really liked them, or maybe at 12, when I really started liking them and I was like, oh, I would share this with people, I started to send it out to every single outlet related to dance music every week. Nice. Hey, what's up? Uh and this is in 20, 2012. Yeah. So like no one's really doing this. Like, yeah, like Ray William Johnson was doing YouTube and, and stuff like that. But like there was no influencers. There was no like anything like that. And I just, there was no like framework. So I started doing it and YouTube was like kind of new or whatever. So I'm doing it. Hey, what's up? Uh, do this like Electronic Live, dance music stuff, any on-camera opportunity, ready, willing, and able. Boom. Send it off. Nice. DJ Mag. EDC. Ultra. Name a festival. So every yes. week, you know, people don't answer. Sometimes they do. And fast forward, Ultra hits me back via Facebook message. Hey, we're actually looking for a guy co-host. I pass it over to the director. No, hey, we pass it over to the director. Thanks. Okay, cool. I keep sending him out. Boom, I get a message. Hey, it's Dylan. They sent me your video. Cool. I'm the director of the thing. We're looking for a guy co-host, actually. I'm like, oh my God, yes. That was the whole idea. It's like, you just do your work and hopefully someone on the other end is like, you know what we need? We need a guy. Yes, like, yes. We need a guy co-host. And then they get an email from someone like me. It's like, hey, we were looking for you. Perfect. Man. So that's that's what's up. So they were like, hey, can you just send an audition tape? Boom. I did that. Got the job. I hosted to the live stream of Ultra Music Festival for wow. three years it was a dream come true even to this day is like the best moment of my life because it was such a combination of like my skill set my my um, what I'm supposed to be doing in life plus like the actual energy of the moment yeah. like being live to millions of people in the middle of all that shit like it was amazing oh, that's incredible it man. was amazing and uh, so I'm still trying to like recreate that a little bit and it's hard because now you get older and like your profession comes into play and it's like yes. now I do this for a living and it's like I make money and it's what I do and it's like work now and even though it's fun it's like still like work it's it's uh you know your your journey is very unique right i mean but you you have this thing about you that we we're just saying earlier is like just fucking do it see yeah. that shit through um you know before everything before ultra and before all of that and before before even creating the show right as a kid growing up in brooklyn what were your dreams and aspirations i wanted to be a major league baseball player there we go and i pursued baseball a lot and i went to different college campuses to do like baseball camps and florida baseball camp and all this stuff i played every sport but baseball was like the thing i loved yeah. and then one day i was like on a baseball camp where it was like you know national with all the kids and like you see these kids from like all around the country yeah. and they're so big like new york jewish kid like yeah I was good for like the New York yes. City kids. And then there's like 
the genetics come into play. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I could play, and I still play now, even mm-hmm. in men's men's Beverly Hills men's league, there John Hamlin go. league, um, <laughs> and do that. And then eventually, uh, then in college, uh, freshman year of Arizona, I'm sitting on the field for tryouts. And I'm like, I don't want to go away on the weekends. I don't want to wake up at 5am. I want to be Van Wilder. Yes. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I just literally became like Van Wilder. That was like a dream come true too, because I love that college experience, which was yeah, awesome. It's important. And, but as a kid, uh, yes. And so another injury story actually so it's just a lesson of like when bad news happens like the good that comes of it because now moving backward junior year of high school i broke my ankle shit doing ballet in the backyard with my sister (laughs) on concrete and so i couldn't play football and all like my female friends were in like the school play it's called sing and i was always in the plays like growing up and so i actually i i but could have never do this because it was i always had practice so now i was injured and i wow. couldn't so i joined the school play and just like killed it had an amazing time was amazing and like making people laugh in like that official manner i yes. was like this is what i'm supposed to be doing for sure in an official capacity so that was like boom definitely that doing that and it was an awesome experience did it again wow. senior year and then i was like really knew that was like for sure what's up was it, you know, when you look back at your life and, and giving up baseball at that moment, what, what were your thoughts? Like, was it hard? Was no, it easy? It wasn't hard down. at all. Yeah. It wasn't hard at all because I knew what I was really supposed to be doing. Yes. It was just like working in entertainment and like working on camera and being that kind of person. And you just realize your genes are like, of course. like genetically, like the guys <laughs> from Texas are fucking huge. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but yeah, no, I wasn't sad at all. So were your, what about your folks? I mean, you spent your whole life, you know, as a kid doing baseball, 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 then you obviously get to this point and then you change gears. Uh, were your parents supportive of things like that? My parents are the best people on the planet. There They've always go. been so supportive. And, you know, and even with baseball stuff, you know, they're the ones sending me to baseball camp. They're paying for that. You know what I'm saying? So like they made an investment in my life. And then even after college, yeah, yeah. You know, my parents, I am who I am because of my parents, like yeah. physically, literally and figuratively so like any of my passions and aspirations really is like a dissemination from them so anything i'm pursuing they're like on board because it's like we all share the same passions about stuff like my passions are their passions like comedy and entertainment and movies and tv and film and like comedians and you know all that that whole nine you know i I, one thing i i can just I kind of say this a lot is that the individuals that have come on this podcast, um, the ones that had good, solid, strong parents, right. That really believed in them and supported them. Their lives tend to be a lot easier, you know, to, to yeah. get that at this and moment. I, and that, my whole goals, all my goals in life is like, A, make them proud and like yeah. obviously like make a lot of money to like just like support them and just like give them cars and cash yeah. and stuff like that, make their life because their life was like a struggle financially or I whatever. And so, yeah, that's just what it's all about. But like, of course, when I moved to LA, it's like they've been supportive too, you know, and you know, they're not paying my rent, but yeah. it's like I need to eat. Of sometimes you yeah know. no no i get it man i get it i get it when you um when you look back at your life right getting back to your stories like when you started making those videos and you were reaching out to ultra and doing all of that how old were you around that time post-college graduate so okay. 21 years old 22 years old 22 years old yeah. what was 22, it 23 what was it inside of you that said hey we're gonna i'm gonna do this because this wasn't a common thing back no then. because i i i wanted to be edgy ryan seacrest yeah and man. so i was like it's you have to go make it happen so yeah. if, if, i remember saying it Literally, I was sitting on the couch, not walking. I was like, wait, I couldn't, I could walk last week and I was doing this. That's no, I have to go make life happen. And so I'm, it's a constant reminder to myself today, 
every day, all the time, because I fall into the traps of like being lazy and feeling self-entitled and feeling like, oh, my natural talent. <laughs> it's like, no, you have to go make life happen. So what did I do now? The new version of that is I, I got a little bit of cash from something and I used basically all of it to fund uh, like a, a pilot that I wrote and directed and shot and acted in. And it's, it's not out for the public, but like we're taking it out to pitch and stuff like that. Nice. So, so when I do post it, maybe you'll tell your followers yes, yes, or listeners yes, to yes. watch it. To of get course. The views up, listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, exactly. Yeah, I'll definitely do and, it. Absolutely. Uh, so it's like, go ahead and make life happen. It's only going to come from that. Like no one's going to like produce you. It's like, you have no. to build something. And it's like, so when this podcast builds up enough of a following to attract whoever that studio is, like they're just going to come calling you. Yeah. So yeah. you just got to keep doing this. Absolutely. I think it's important. What is that inside of you though? Because uh, there are a lot of people in this world that uh, unfortunately don't, mm -hmm. right? I mean, I, I, I felt, you know, guilty to that myself before when I was younger, just hitting these walls, hitting these walls, and I just fucking give up, right? But even at a young age, you saw something and it seems like you've had this just like, just fucking do it mentality. Does that stem from your parents? Does it stem from experiences? What I'm fortunate to have a vision for myself and blessed from God and the universe to have these skills that I feel like I'm just need to live a full life. Like my full potential is just like, I, I just have, I don't, I know when I'm living my full potential and living my vision that like, I feel good. Yeah. And when I'm not, I don't feel good. I so like, that. that's it. So it's just like, I want to feel good. Absolutely. And I only feel good when I'm doing the stuff, like living my, you know, living to my full potential as far as like, it's like, I feel like I'm doing a disservice to the universe when yeah. I'm, and myself when I'm not doing all those things. And I'm, and it's a constant, it's calm, calm, constantly dealing with it. I have like the biggest highs and lows all the time. I'm yeah. like, you know, big wins when you're doing it and everything's rocking and you're like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be yeah. doing. This is my life. Like, this is it. Just hold on. And then it's like, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's it, like so. a fucking roller coaster, Right. But if you can look at your life from a, like a <clears throat> macro level, right. It's going to be like this, it is, I know. but if it's going like this, exactly. then you move in the right direction. Exactly. Life is so finite, man. It is truly so finite. We're here done. That's it. And so to be able to live your life on your own terms, at least for, for me, right? It, it's it's single-handedly one of the most important things, right? Because we're only granted a certain amount of time and to fall trap of, you know, getting stuck behind this and uh, having to do the typical nine to five, yeah. just like the, 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 the fucking rat race, right? Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. Maybe for other people it doesn't, but it's so important. And I talk about this all the time is to live your life on your own terms yeah. and to be able to just see things through. Um, so when you eventually got the opportunity the, uh, the opportunity with um, uh, Ultra, right? What was that like? What it was, was the best experience ever. First year was like, I was, it was my, the first year was like my first professional job, really. And, uh, and also fast forward, since then I've hosted shows for MTV, Fox, I've created and sold shows, like I work on camera, I've hosted many live streams, so it's become my profession for sure. Yeah. But that was my first professional job. And um, it was awesome because that's what me and all my friends were doing. And that was important to me because what's important to like my peers was important to me. It's like, that's where my passion was. Like even now it's harder to find stuff because like myself and my peers, like what are we really interested in? Like not that much interesting stuff really. <laughs> like what people my age like, like to make money. Okay. I'm not really interested in like finance or like Bitcoin. It's not like my interest. <laughs> uh, you know, I like pop culture. I like boy bands. You know, I like talking about like 
InSync versus Backstreet Boys. I could talk about that. that like, <laughs> but like when you're 22, that has like a place. But like in your 30s, or you know, it doesn't really. It's not has doesn't have that much value. But yeah. um, so at that time, it was what me and all my friends loved. So being there, talking to all the DJs, like that was what I loved. It was yes. I would do that for free. That's, yeah. that's what I loved. I was obsessed with dance music. I still love dance music, but like it was the thing at the time. So season one, year one was great. Kind of got my feet wet. I definitely was not that great. And then season two, I was. Uh, the second year I was amazing yeah. I was awesome because I had <laughs> learned so much and I had moved to LA in that time and I'd started doing some other on-camera jobs that was like getting me um, just better on camera being more natural instead yes. of like being like a host yes which yes. is like a lot of people a lot of people have a lot of don't understand uh and so do and then the second year was when that moment happened where I was like it was the main event of the Sunday of the last night it was like the headline it was like Hardwell it was like yeah. pinnacle and I'm there by myself on camera live to millions of people introducing like the the thing and it was um, just it was everything coming together right there and i'm still trying to like recreate that and find that again in some way and so now part of it is like that was my first really big experience like that like now even if i did the, the oscars right now i won't i wouldn't be impressed yeah you know and that's that. like just part of growing up i think of and part of like profession and work and it's like oh it's work yes and you forget some people would be like oh my god that's amazing that yeah. you did that I'm like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. So you got to like, man, you know, check yourself. But so that was amazing. And that was amazing. And then I did it for a third year. And then after that, they didn't ask me back. Okay. Okay. Which was fine. I, I don't think I, if I could look at it objectively now, which I'm not like upset about, I just don't think my brand, my, their brand and like my energy sort of matched anymore. Okay. You know, I'm more like high energy, you know, a little more, I'm like a little, not like fratty, but like, I'm just like more like a guy's guy, you know, like I see hot girls, like I'm going to make, I'm going to be like, what's up? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not, I think they went more like European, like, oh, of course. European vibe, you know. Well, I think also the the entire industry was it's also like America, changing. America. Yeah, uh, yeah, the entire industry was also changing. I was getting more and more and more fucking popular too. I yeah, mean, dance music. I remember. You no, know, and that was the peak. I was doing it yeah. during. So like the You're fact right. that I did for three years at the peak, and then it's sort of like so that that was cool. And then I've done other ones. I've hosted Hangout Music Festival, and I've been on site for other. You know, so what do you think it was in that second year that uh, really allowed you to? Sorry for stealing your napkin. Oh, it's your teeth back. <laughs> But go ahead. <laughs> what was in that second year for you that really allowed you to take that next level in, in your presentation skills? Uh, being so much more confident in like just being on camera and uh, being confident in myself and understanding that like the audience is going to relate to authenticity. Yeah. You know, that's really it for sure. Like even uh, I always think about this today. Like if you have a job, like if you're, ho if you're an on-camera personality and you're working for a network, let's say you're on Fox or whatever. Like to me, like Fox is paying you, but like they're not, they're not really like my boss. Like I'm not really answering them. Like my number one priority, like the people to make happy is the people watching. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like the audience is like, is your boss. That's of course the audience. Yeah. So like, no matter what, if you're making the audience happy, you'll make, the network of the studio happy absolutely i mean i think it, it, a lot of people lose sight on that too it's like you you do want to make your bosses happy right mm -hmm. but it is the people that are watching you that are connecting with you day in and day out uh are going to determine if you're going to show up or not mm -hmm. right um so going through that experience uh, on that third year um did they just not hire you again? You got fired? What no, was like? there was just like no conversation about like, I think I probably like followed up and then maybe either like didn't hear from them or they were like, oh, well, we'll let you know type of thing. And, 
Yeah, but also I, I wasn't. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I don't think I had representation at the time. You know, I was just like sending them emails, and I think I probably like maybe I, I just like wasn't their energy. Maybe personally, I know that I got in trouble. I got in trouble a lot. Uh, I remember I was like, I, so the TV crew is hired by Ultra. Okay, so it's not like. Like they are the ultra TV people, but it's like a separate company. And I was like, always like, not always, but multiple, like a few times I would like send emails to like the ultra people, yeah. not the TV people. I didn't know that they weren't all the same. <laughs> like to me, it's like, uh, they're the, they're the guy. Course, I didn't know course. I was like doing something wrong. So I, I remember they were like kind of upset that I did that. I was like, what? I'm literally, first of all, I have no malintent. I'm really just like <laughs> trying to just live and have a good time and trying to like do make good things. And yeah. anyway, that, that's, that wasn't the cause of it, but yeah, I just think energetically wise, they were kind of over me. Did that, fine. you know, when you look back at that, did that hurt like mentally? Did that fuck you up? No, it did not fuck me up, but I'm like, I'm, I'm like sad. Like why, you know, it's nice to be wanted. Of and course. Like, but at the end of the day, even today, if somebody doesn't hire me for anything, I'm like, you're lost. It's like, what do, wait, what do I say? What do I say? I'm maybe. like, they'd be lucky to have me. They'd be lucky. And that's my attitude. It's like, they would be lucky to have me. Of course. I mean, you have to have that. You mentality. have to have that. You have, especially yeah. in, that, in your industry, man, you have to have yeah. that mentality. It's a, definitely a cutthroat industry. I just don't like not being involved. Like if I see something and I wasn't like at the audition or, and I didn't know, or I didn't know about it, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Because if I get in that room, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's sold, baby. Thanks. Going back to the humility portion of the conversation. No, no, no. So people, uh, or, or I guess for you, right after that, that that third year, right? Yeah. Um, you were in Los Angeles. Yes. Right. What was next? Great question. So, Thank you, uh, I was trying to like sell things like unscripted shows with like me as the host, and it's hard to go to producers and be like, "Hey, look at look at me." No one really wants to do that. Like if, if you came to me and was like, hey, look at this thing I did. Like, <clears throat> like this is nice because it's a platform and you have guests yeah. on. But if you were like, that's why it's like you just do your work and let the people come to you. Because if you're shoving yourself in people's face, it's not, it's not that like, that's why people have agents and stuff because it's just way easier for someone to digest. Like, so I started to just use my mind and think creatively about like other concepts without me in them. Yeah. So, cause it was, uh, I was getting a lot more elite, like headway by going to a producer and saying, Oh, Hey, look at this. Yeah. Instead of look at me, look at this. And so I found a buddy or my friend introduced me to a buddy who had a sneaker shop and I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's like, yeah, we buy and sell dope sneakers. And I was like, boom, pawn stars for dope sneakers. Let's yeah. go make it. And so I hired a couple camera kids. We went, we just hot, we just like filmed it. I, you know, I edited it in my head and talked to the my editor and we make a sizzle took it out sent some emails and mtv bought it Holy and it was shit. awesome it was like one for one i was like oh shit like this is great this is wow. easy so we made a development step the head of the network left some new guy came in they didn't it didn't go to air which was fine but again another learning experience I made a couple bucks but like nothing really and then i was like oh so I, i'll just do this formula again and i did it four more times basically where i found a person or a world and i hired people and i made a tape and i partnered with really great people like mark Wahlberg on a show ben silverman who's like a huge nice. guy in the industry and tom beers and nbc and um yes yeah, so four other times yeah and again they didn't sell but i partnered with these guys on in development and i worked with them and i made the tapes and it's just like a good good exercise but yeah it'd be nice if it's salt take it out we go pitch you know we go pitch and we're in the room and the, you know sometimes it's like it's not that good if the uh, if the producer has more energy than the talent which is it's like ah, i'm sorry i'm gonna bring it i'm gonna bring the heat every time i'm in the room yes, gotta so sell it well you gotta do it. it's your baby right exactly um you know going through this entire process right what are you know 
building it and building it and building it and, and it not happening. What are things that you personally take away from that? You know, it sucks. It, it does, right? It, sucks. it does. But you learn from it, right? Yeah. And it makes you a better person. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, but it also makes you more calculated. Yeah. So, you know, you're not so gung ho about like every idea because like you don't want to put in the time and effort if it's like not going to go somewhere. Even now, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm pushing like these concepts that I made tapes for. And it's just like, you know, people don't answer you. It's just like, that's just the name of the game. And it's like, you just keep hustling and keep, because I believe in the projects. Like, I really believe in the project. Like, these things I'm working on now that I'm sending out, like, this should be on air. Now, that's how I truly feel. It's something I'd like to watch. It's something I'm really passionate about. And so, uh, yeah, I just got to find the right people that also believe in it. Of course. And take it to the next level. Yeah. But it's hard because it's like, you're not beholden to other people, but you're sort of relying on other people. And that's the thing that I have, I do have respect for like the YouTubers and the influencers and stuff. It's like, they're really just doing their own thing. I know. And, you know, the money in the audience comes to them, which is awesome. Um, and then, so that part I like. So this whole like trying to pitch somebody an idea and have them think, say it's good and then they invest the money. Yeah. And, I mean, it really comes down to the money. Like if I had the money to just make all these pilots and I would just do it myself of for course. sure. Cause I do it myself on a small scale, but it's like to really make it legit, you gotta like get, get some funds. Yeah, absolutely. But I love what you said, right? With the, with the YouTubers and influencers and even like podcasters, right? It's, it's a completely different world and it does, um, allow this level of authenticity like never before. Yeah. Right? Which is great. It is. Which is great. It is. And I think that's why so many people gravitate towards yeah. these different platforms, like the younger generation. I mean, even someone like Joe Rogan, you know, getting to where he got right because he just stayed consistent and stuck with his gut and didn't fucking listen to anyone else yeah. except himself. Right. And he was doing it before it was popular. Exactly. And on that note, to me, it's like, no offense to anybody in the room, but everybody has a fucking podcast. Of course. And it's pretty obnoxious, it is. honestly, because it's just, a, it's very narcissistic. It's very <laughs> egocentric. It's like, I feel like my opinion needs to be heard. And I feel like I need some attention and validation for my existence. Let me have a podcast. <laughs> when meanwhile, like, you're n that's not what you do. Yeah. Like, go make yourself feel good in another way. Cause that's what really people are looking for. They're looking for like validation that like I exist yeah. and I matter. Meanwhile, it's like then, and this is something I have to work on. It's like, I don't rush to do a lot of this, this kind of stuff because it's like, everybody's fucking doing. And it's yeah. like, I don't, I like to be different. And even though this is like my field, like this is what I do for a living, you know, it's like, yeah, then I could do it in like the, the cream will rise to the top or whatever, but it's like obnoxious. It's like, go do your own fucking thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, but you're good. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. But, but why, you're do, you good, but you're why good. do you think everybody has a podcast? Uh, because it's so easy, right? Because it's, it's so fucking easy to be able to, uh, you know, they have things like Buzzsprout, which just push it out to every single place. The equipment is, you know, relatively affordable. I mean, you could just do it on your phone yeah. if you want to. And right? that's part of it. It's like the barrier to entry is so low. Yes. And that's the same thing that happened with DJing. Yes. So I was, I was DJing back in college and that's how I got into, like, that's why I love the industry. And then I was like, I stopped because like everybody was DJing. And yep. it's like, now you who's been doing it, now you're kind of grouped in with the same group of people that are like this kid that's like, oh, I want to be a DJ. And he's like, parents buy him a thing. And it's like, now all of a sudden he's like doing it. And yeah. it becomes like this whole thing. And you're like in that bubble. So it's like, even now with like podcasts. So it's a, yeah, another guy has a fucking podcast. Like, I mean, everyone. so for me, it's like, I know. So for me, I've always liked the idea of like, when you're pitching something to someone and they buy it, they're like, there is that barrier to entry. And I like that. Yeah. I like having to make that barrier of entry yeah. that separates you from other people that like, yeah, this is legit. 
Yeah. You know, so no, no, I, yes I, no. I, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think that I'll tell you my, my, my way of thinking is probably not the best way. I should probably get out of my own way and just say, shut up and just do the work and, and all the good things will come seriously. And I'm working toward that and I probably will do that, but it's something for me that I have to like work on. Well, yeah, I think a lot of times we do get stuck in our own way. Right. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I, I do think that there are a lot of people out there that, you know, have these podcast platforms that there, there are a lot of good ones out there. There's a lot of shitty ones out there. There's a lot of people that should be doing podcasts that are not. There are a lot of people that should not be doing podcasts. Then you have things like clubhouse, which opens it up to pretty much everyone. Yeah. Right. Just talking. But, um, you know, I, I, I do love for, for so long, there was, you know, this, this like radio platform and, and television platform where it was just like three minute clips, five minute clips, or like, you know, Johnny Carson to Jay Leno. Right. But being on TV, you had to work your way up and have a lot of people say, this guy's good. His talent means something and has the ability to generate an audience for us. For sure. Like, now people don't even, I was just thinking about the other day, like I haven't even heard the word talent in front of agent in like, like a decade. Yeah. Like I haven't even heard it be called a talent agent before because it's not a talent agent. It's, it's just like an attention agent. Of course. Because that's what used to, when you saw Eddie Murphy make it because he was talented. Now people have jobs or whatever because they have an audience, yes. not talent. But also, I'm not blaming the TV people because that's the the way it is now. Like no one even cares if your television show is subpar as long as like the marketing is there to match yeah. it. Like and that's what bothers me as a producer. It's like wouldn't you want stop trying to like get everybody because you're never going to get everybody. Like just really do a good job for those people that are watching. Absolutely. And that's my sell about myself. It's like, if you're hiring an on-camera talent to like host your thing, it's like, no one's going to do a better job than me. Bottom line. There'll be a lot more follow. People bring a lot more followers, but so it just depends on what you want. Yeah. So, no, it is. It's so strange, right? Because now it's like these TikTok influencers and these, uh, you know, whatever influencers, they, they're all given this, this platform to do these TV shows or movies and, and things of that nature where, you know, back in the day, it was like you had to have real raw talent, someone mm-hmm. like Eddie Murphy, right? Um, like being a television, like having a late night talk show was probably like my dream. My dreams don't even exist anymore, by the way, like to be that like on camera host, like a Seacrest or like Letterman, like that job doesn't even exist. Like, so for me in my generation, like the kids that are a little younger didn't really, but like born, I'm born in 89. Like my, we were sort of like on the, we saw both. We grew up with regular traditional model of things. And then in our later years, this whole, trans it all changed of course so it's like what i grew up wanting to be doesn't even exist anymore of course like literally like e-news is not even on tv anymore like no one watches jimmy fallon like it doesn't exist so you have to reconfigure so what what is that now what is that now is being like an influencer i guess and like for sure having your own youtube show i guess you know but I don't know. I, for me, I just, I have to wrap no, no, my head I around. Get, like, I, get, shoot, like, shoot, you I know. get what you're saying, man. I get what you're saying. Trust me. It's a different time. I mean, I grew up in, in the era before, you know, the, the, the internet, if you will, right. The internet's been around for a long time, but you know, like AOL yes, and shit like yeah. that and cell phones. And then I grew up after, right. You know, I'm born in 86. And so I saw both sides. I remember being a kid that, uh, you know, you, you went out when the sun came up and you yeah. went home when the fucking, you know, lights turned on. Right. Uh, and so it's, it's just a different generation and a different time now. Um, does does that make it better or worse? You know, I, I don't know, 
right? I don't know, right? I guess it's just depends. And I don't want to be a. Compl- I'm not complaining. No, no, I know, I know. I'm I just feel like that. I'm commentating on the but status I think a lot of, of people, the world. I think a lot of people, um, especially like in our our age, right, feel the same way, right? They they see both sides, right? Um, so, but what I was getting back to earlier is that you you had these platforms like a Jimmy Fallon where they have these interviews and they were like really quick, right? Yeah. Even like Bill Maher, like quick. Well, that's the thing too. This it's like is it's different, and it's better. That's better. Like those interviews on a late night show, unless you were like Robin Williams, like those always sucked. Yes. They were never real. Of they course. were so manufactured and just whack, but that's how you saw your favorite actor. And like, that's why award shows were so big because this was the only time you're seeing all the people yeah. together. You want to see the rock. You just look at his Instagram. Of course. You don't have to wait for the, the Grammys or whatever, <laughs> but, and that's how you wanted to go promote a movie, but it was just so like simple. I lo- I liked like how simple it was like, the structure of like radio and TV and movies and so like that. now it's just all over but it, the place. it but it does open the playing field for so many more people it does, right it right does. so you know people that would never have a chance to do it before now now once again good or bad there's yeah. there's positive and negative but what I do appreciate out of all of this is the evolution of long form podcasts right being able to have this long uninterrupted un- un- completely agree conversation completely that's agree. just beautiful completely and people like it but of you brought course. up Clubhouse before yeah. and I was obsessed with Clubhouse and I haven't opened it in a month and I yeah. just if you share the same sentiment or but and I think other people do but I want to know like psychologically why that has happened I, I'm, o- I'm, o- I'm just over it man it's you don't open it anymore no but like why it was let's cool talk the, about it it was, it was cool in the beginning you had people like Elon Musk and fucking Tim Ferriss and all these people you know coming together having these conversations and then I just think it just got so oversaturated yeah. it was just too much and I think too many people were talking and just too much going on quality as well was is not good yeah I think there was a level of like it actually not being authentic like almost everyone was like trying to like be something or trying to like be ultra sensitive and like you couldn't have a real conversation and and everyone was trying to like be this like marketing guru like and stuff like that or and it was very clicky i think and i don't know it's just weird and it's like i guess it takes a lot of effort like yeah putting on podcasts is way better because it's just by yourself. Yeah. Let it wash over you. It's not so interactive, which I think was the selling point of clubhouse where of it's like, it's live. It's right now. You can, you're <laughs> hearing it. You're part of it. But like, I don't want to do that. I want to no. just be in my car by myself with the podcast. Of course. Know? Right. Yeah. I, I, this type of platform and this type of format, it's, it's a lot more personal and mm-hmm. it is a lot more authentic where it's like clubhouse reminds me more of like what fucking Twitter is. Right. And everyone's saying they're, they're, they're shit. Right. Even if they believe it or not, they have to put on this front because because it is yeah. this live, I don't know, it's just not for me, yeah. right? And I, a whole bunch of people just kept on trying me to go. And, and I was listening to it for like a week or two, but then I just got over it really quick. And yeah, it's crazy. I, I like a good audio book or a, you know, a podcast, right? Yeah. So, um, and then music, obviously. Um, so, all right, let's bring it back to your story, right? So um, you did those three years at Ultra, right? Um, then you started pitching these different ideas. Mm-hmm. Like what, what came next? What was like the next thing for you? Uh, what the always is just trying to pay rent, dog. <laughs> just trying to pay rent, dog. Uh, what was the next thing? I mean, that's what I do now. That's what I do. I am a development producer of unscripted talent of unscripted television. Uh, I pro- I work work on camera still. Have gotten jobs here and there. And then lately, I was fortunate for the past two years. So <clears throat> when I pitch myself for jobs or whatever, I'm like, my career can be looked at in three pillars: the event, and live, the live stream event space the music festivals, the unscripted television space. And then the past two years, I've been fortunate enough to work in the digital community with top flight influencers, 
Uh, most being that I've been producing the podcast for Logan Paul, which has been a great experience. Nice. So I've been there doing that for about two years. I got a call from an industry colleague that says, hey, you know, do you know this show? They're looking for a young writer producer guy to come like help. Uh, I was like, sure, great. Yeah, I met him. It was great. We've been working ever since together and it's been a really cool experience. And through that, I've had other opportunities to produce the Challenger Games, which was awesome, nice. which was like that live event with like all the influencers. So that was great. We just uh, produced the the live from Atlanta during uh, Jake Paul fight, which was so fun because we got to like hang out and have more like team camaraderie, which I like because I'm just a big like social yeah. person. I'm very <laughs> social. I need to like be around people. And it's really good just to be around people. You know, we have a very large audience, which is awesome. So it's like if we're going to do anything, it's like worth doing yeah. when you have a million people watching. So that's been great. And yeah, I mean, not much to say about that besides it's just great. And I hope we can continue to go big and for the fight coming over Mayweather, trying to sell some ads and Damn, make man. some money. Yeah. That's just crazy, bro. The, uh, the fight with, you know, Jake Paul, it was, it's fucking awesome, man. It's really cool to see these dudes come together and, and, and everything that you're doing, right. And everything that you bring to the table. Um, you know, when you, when you look back at it all, right, where, how does something even like that happen for you? Right. Because you, you, you started making these videos when you were younger, right. You do the ultra thing, you start pitching different ideas, right. And then obviously you're at this place now, if you were to look back at your life, like how do you get from here to here to them finally here? Uh, I don't know if you like actually do it like on purpose, but I think that's the whole point of like saying yes to things. It's because it's like, if you don't want to go to the party, just go because like, you don't know what's going to come from that. Exactly. It's like, you, that's why I went yesterday to the event because like, yeah, I don't want to go, but like, I know I'm going to meet somebody that like something's going to happen. And if I didn't go, you know, nothing's going to happen. Of course. So if you go, maybe something's going to happen. And so you have to just go, man, you have to go and do it. You have to just go. You have to just do it. You right. Have you have to just, just see that shit through. Um, <clears throat> and then also what else am I doing? I'm, I'm trying to, I've, wrote and directed and made that pilot the unscripted you know the scripted series so that's the next thing is like getting that sold and made so i've taken it out i've pitched that and now i've paused the pitching because now i'm gonna make a trailer for, for it have a screening and get that made and sold and that's like the that's the new golden nugget you know that's the goal right now for sure and in the meantime keep crushing it producing work on you know work gigs and i've done this thing called self-made recently on live by live where it was an online competition searching for the nation's best talent okay and basically it's like all just all you so if you're an artist and you make music and you you can upload your song uh using the hashtag i am self-made we found the top eight finalists we did it all virtually and Live by Live is a great platform. They have a lot of live, live music shows. And uh, basically, we gave them challenges to do. And the kids were amazing. Wow. So impressed with the talent. Like, couldn't believe, like, we asked them to do these, like, videos. They were delivering amazing videos in, like, one day. Asked them to write songs, delivering us amazing songs in a day or two. Couldn't believe it. Really, really inspired. Narrowed it down. We found a winner. She won, like, a couple bucks and uh, an r deal. And there's a lot of help with her career. Wow. And now we're hope, hopefully going to do season two in Miami. Wow. Uh, where we do, like, a local competition. And then sort of I was in charge with, like, coming up with, like, what we're going to do for it. And so what the pitch is is, like, basically find a top eight, narrow it down to four, three, four, five, have them come to Miami, uh, do, like a, like, a live reality, like, a reality shoot. And then have like the live performance finale. Nice, in nice. What what are some of the uh, challenges that they have to do? Well, one was like look at a picture and write a song. 
So kids had like a cotton can, a picture of like cotton candy, and they like wrote a song based on that picture. Nice, and it was awesome. Or another picture was like a like a heartbroken heart, or whatever it is. Uh, another challenge was make a music video just on your iPhone. All right. And another video, another challenge, which I didn't really love that much, was just like FaceTime someone and and like serenade them. Um, and so and then the public votes. There's no like judging or anything like that. Like the public just like votes for you and we tallied up and there you go. How do you know these contestants aren't cheating when you say like do it on iPhone? There was one cheater, but we, I knew it. We, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't disqualify. We knew it, but we didn't disqualify him because it, like, it was like the first one and it was like, whatever. I get it. I yeah. get it. What is live by live? I've seen it, but I don't so, yeah, really know. LiveXLive.com, live by live. It's a live streaming music platform that has content original programming we've done the live streams for rock and rio we've done the live streams for hangout music festival life is beautiful so many more wow. uh i think rolling loud they did one year edc they did one year um they uh yeah so i'm, I'm trying to ingratiate myself with them to have like a real job like yeah live there we go there, there we go and so live uh, by live this is how, how did you end up uh, teaming up with them okay i'll tell you because i think i saw uh, another good story when I saw, I saw they announced like the launch of this company five years ago. I was like, that's obviously the place for me. So everything I do is like you hustle. I have agents, I have managers. You have to do it all yourself. Yeah, you know. And then so I was. Oh, th oh there's me. Look at on you. The right. Oh yeah. shit! Wait, did that just pop up on the screen randomly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so that. nice that they're doing that. Look at you. You look so handsome. Thank you. Damn! Look at that hair, bro. Thanks, bro. You got some good hair. Wait, right? I like that they made it a pop-up video on the homepage. That's dope. Oh, See, you. there you go. Challenge three songwriting. Holy shit. This is cool, dude. Good for you, man. Wow. Wow, Gucci Mane. Fucking hell. Wow, that's that's, what's really, up. that's, that's really, really freaking that's cool. That's funny. Okay, cool. There we go. No, um, so, yeah, by the way, you guys can go check out all my work on my Instagram. Uh, and There's a link in bio of my reel. Feel free to check that out if you want to see what I've done. But yeah, I'm all about like talking to celebrities on red carpets and uh, doing funny stuff like that. Uh, I got a call. Oh no, no. I, I saw that the launch of the, uh, what the platform was coming out. I was like, that's a place I need to be at because that's where like my passions align. And even till this day, it's been five years. I've worked with them multiple times. I'm, I would like more of a full-time job, honestly, where I'm like getting paid a salary, but I'm also like, boom, going on camera and, and doing stuff like that. Some way to just like have a steady income, which is always good. And then, so literally I either tracked down one of the guy's emails and I got in contact with him and he was like, okay, I'll be at the montage tomorrow. I was like, cool. What time? He didn't answer. I'm like, what? tomorrow so i showed up at 8 30 in the morning i sat outside at the montage waiting for him to show up not for me yeah. he was just he said well he said i'll be at the montage tomorrow having meetings or something like that and so i was like what time he didn't answer so i was like All right, i'll show up at 8 30 showed up at 8 30 brought my laptop posted up i actually saw him and he was with like other people because he was like having meetings i was like oh great he's meeting with someone when he's done i'll go over there so he has a meeting Maybe they show up at 10 o'clock. So they have a meeting 10 to 11, whatever. They get up, they say goodbyes. I'm like, okay, perfect time. I'm gonna go walk over there. As I'm walking over there, they bring somebody else in. So now no. I, I'm like, oh, they're like doing either like interviews or something. And oh, so I was like, oh, couldn't go. Uh, I'll go back on my computer. Literally the same thing happened like four or five times throughout the day where I was gonna go up there. And then they were like talking to somebody new. Oh, shit. And so I was like, oh, fuck. And so finally, literally like four, five o'clock comes around or four fifty-five or whatever it is. And like, I've been sitting at the, 
uh, sitting outside on my computer the whole day, just like posted up. And uh, literally it's like 4.55 and they're wrapping up. So I'm like, all right, you know what? This is probably their last meeting, I would probably assume. So as they left, because they were a little bit far away from me, I like sort of followed them out because I, now I was going to track them down. And so I've been emailing with this guy and his name is S-C-H-U-Y-L-E-R, S-C-H-U-Y-L-E-R. So boom, I actually did catch them at the right time because they were not coming back. And as they're walking down the hallway of the hotel to leave, I'm like, sure. And he's like, how about you get my name right? I'm like, what is it? He's like, Skylar. I'm like, oh, okay. Hi, Skylar. Dylan. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'd never seen Skylar spelled that way. Since then, I've actually seen it spelled that way a couple times now, but I never knew that Skylar was also spelled that way. And so I was always in my head, I was calling yeah, Schuler. Yeah, yeah. Schuler sounds like a name. <laughs> Schuler. Hey, Schuler. Yeah. Sounds like really good. And, uh, and have you get my name right? I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, I was like, it's Dylan. I was, he's like, yeah, what's up? I was like, yeah, man, I'm trying to like blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, yeah, good to see you. Well, we might have something for you. Why don't you send me a note or something like that? And I talked to him literally as he's walking out. So then I followed up. And then either he personally uh, emailed me or I happened to get an audition to host one of their live streams for Hangout Music Festival, which I ended up booking. And then connected with that guy again. I was like, hey, it's me again. And so I kind of got in with them. I think I was basically probably their like first talent that hosted anything for them. So I hosted Hangout Music Festival for two years for them. I've done another thing with Jake Paul for Live by Live. I've done another uh, just random things. And then this thing with Live by Live, which it's like, okay, I have to, and so I, I get a, I see the thing. My manager goes, oh, it's for Live by Live. I was like, oh, do I even have to audition? Like they know me there. She's like, just send the tape anyway. Send a tape, end up booking the job. Great, very grateful. God bless. Thank you. Oh, and when I got that first job for Live by Live, I was so happy because I was like, I did that work of like waiting for that guy, getting that opportunity, and then getting the job from that opportunity. Like, I don't want to be handed the job. Like, give me the, I'll do it on audition. You know, that's great. And so the same thing back from the ultra thing, it's just like, keep pushing, keep pushing, the opportunity will come. So waiting in that lobby all day, Getting that thing, booking that. I remember being like, "Motherfucker, ah. dude!" Yeah, because I fucking got it. You know exactly. That is fucking yeah. Gangster, that man. was dope. It was I dope. Love that. that really feels good. Like having those moments. So there was other moments where I was like, "Yeah,", yeah. you know, it's like feels good <laughs> when you it. get some when you get something. And then, um, so then with this last one, it was like, "Oh, I got I got the job, which was awesome." But it was a good thing because they ended up hiring an independent production company that was doing the auditions that had never seen me before. Right. And when I met him, he was like, "Yeah, you were obviously the guy for the job, but in your reel, the first photo is me holding a live by live mic." So the production guy sent it to Live by Live, and he was like, "Hey, this is perfect." They were like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense, Dylan. You're sure." So that was the self made stuff, and then yeah, that's the latest. And hopefully Miami comes together and uh, just. Going with the flow from there. But like, I'm going on a date tonight. Like, I'm putting it on a credit card. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? You know? <laughs> I'm grateful I have any room on a, on any credit card. So No, that's beautiful, though. But like, you know, for the people listening, right? Like, you going to that hotel, waiting from 8.30 to 4.55 to only have a couple-minute conversation yeah. on the way out shows that... You have to be willing to put in that type of work and effort if you want to make it. I mean, especially like in anything, but in your industry, especially because there's so many people trying to claw to get whatever job there is. um, It just shows like what type of human being you are, right? You're willing to take that next step, that extra level. But it's knowing your 
it's knowing like your vision and like you where you belong. It's like I wouldn't pursue something that like is not the right thing. It's like, but when you know something is the right thing, yeah, you gotta just stop at nothing. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. So, um, you know, when to kind of bring it back a little bit, right? Um, you were doing all this like on camera stuff. How the heck did you even lead to becoming, uh, you know, the producer for 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 the podcast? Uh, right. So I got a call from an industry colleague that said, "Hey." I got talking as the other person. I got a call from this guy, from a guy I know that they're looking for a young writer producer for the Impulsive Show. Do you know it? I was like, well, no, but I'll check it out. I obviously know who Logan is, and so I was like, yeah, this is great. I would love to take a meeting. Took a meeting. We got along, and that was it. Wow. You know, super simple. And then sort of just me being there brought in a little bit of like the struck a little little structure. I mean, they, they don't need that much help, especially anymore. But I was at the beginning, you know, if I could add uh, some structure to it or add some creativity to it or some segments, which I do, or you know, help with the booking, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do it and yeah. I'm grateful to be there for sure. Absolutely. What is a, what does a producer even entail? Right. I hear that word all the yeah, time. I don't even no, for sure. Means. So I, I, I like to consider myself more of a showrunner. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, that was Logan's words, not me, which I appreciate. Uh, so no, I handle a lot. When we're going on a regular basis, I handle a lot of the booking. Uh, so all the guests wow. that come in. So I do a lot of that, a lot of outreach and try to book the guests. I provide uh, the guys with research of the guests, uh, questions to ask. Um, I, If I can, create a funny segment that we do during the during a show. So, you know, more than 240 is the one that we do a lot, which is like a Twitter segment where we like take a tweet that Miley Cyrus, she's not a guest, but if she was a guest, hey, Miley tweeted this thing, but you can't gave your full thought. So it's like, we pull the tweet up on the screen and it's like, okay, what do you mean by this? And we go into like a deep dive on that. So just like little funny segments like that. Um, and then, you know, help manage the crew. So if we have a remote shoot, you know, help them put that together. So that's why Atlanta was really fun. Cause I really yeah. had to do a lot of work, which was awesome. And it was very, felt really good. And that's really it. Just like help manage the crew, you know, help direct the talent. You know, at the beginning I was doing a lot more like hands-on like directing and create, you know, but they've, they've, they're so good now at what they do. So I'm sort of just like, there to assist with the production and creativity if I can. Yeah, man, that's cool. That's cool. Is that traditionally what like a, a, a producer does? I know you're a showrunner, right? But yeah, like, no for movies, like what the fuck do they do? Right. No, a produce no, so a producer when if like when you win Best Picture, like the it's the producer winning that award because the producer hires the director. Wow. The producer finds the writer. Now there are producers that work for a studio already. So like 20th Century Fox, which doesn't exist, has <laughs> in-house producers but if you're a you could you're a producer so even now i try to get like screenplays made i've have a friend who wrote so it's like as a producer it's like trying to like find a studio to make the movie yeah. try to find the writer to write the script now you do it's like calling the director it's like you're just the guy making it all happen that's and they really do that but there's different types of producers line producer is like handling the hiring of the people you know they're going to hire the pas and stuff like that and make sure everyone's getting paid and associate producers are just like helping you know out and everybody's executive producer executive producer so on a television show an executive producer is probably like dealing with sponsorships so like an executive producer on a big show is probably like yeah talking to like delta to try okay. to like get delta involved for hey we're doing a segment uh where it's like fly yourself anywhere in your mind <laughs> And so they'll be like, hey, Delta, we're actually doing a segment this week called Fly Yourself Anywhere in Your Mind. Think you could be a great sponsor. So for the Logan show, it's like I reached out to a couple of people. Hey, we're doing this show in Miami. Uh, it's going to be X amount of viewers opening. We're open to brand partnerships. Uh, let's talk. 
And so then in a television show, a producer is also going to, what is a producer going to do? I mean, yeah, the producer is like the worker of the show. It's like, they're oh, the ones man. like, they're like, it's their set. Like they're the ones that are like, they're not going to boss the director around, but it's like, they're the ones hiring the director and telling the director, like giving the director a job. Yeah. You know, the producer is the one that's like the show or the movie is like a business. Yeah. And they got to put all the people to like make the business happen. It seems like the glue, right? Like Definitely. You're, you're putting this piece, this piece, this piece together, yeah. right? But executive producer on a television show that's scripted is the boss. Okay. Because those are, on a movie, the director is the boss. The producer hires the director and sort of gets out of the way, unless you're like Joel Silver or, yeah. you know, Weinstein. Those guys are, yes. you know, or like The Rock. He's really just hiring flunkies to like do what he says. Of course, really. of course, of no course. No offense to any of his directors. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on a movie, the director is really the boss. On a television show, the executive producer is a boss. So the executive producer is usually like the head writer or it's the one who created the show. And like a TV director is really just like a hired hand. Of course, they of course, they have so much to do with what happens on the show. But like at the end of Seinfeld, it says executive producer, Larry David. Larry's not directing the show, but he's the boss. So the director of a television show is like literally saying, okay, camera this way, camera this person, the executive producer, it's his vision. Like Damn. he, it's his vision. So I love that. I love that. Did you ever think that you'd be a, you know, I guess it's like, I don't know. I guess I can answer my question myself. Um, it seems like everything that you've done, putting together the videos in the beginning for ultra doing this, doing that, doing that has then kind of led you to be able to easily maneuver through what you're going through right now yes all i want is the end well no not all i want one of the main things i want is to create a global format and yeah at the end you know created by mark burnett love that yeah you know, so to see created by like that was a big thing like in that like era of tele reality television like seeing created by mark burnett at the end of like every show yeah. was like really powerful it's fucking huge yeah man. like that's huge. definitely what i want to do yeah. you know and so you know, I want to create one of these like global formats that like you fucking get paid millions of dollars because if it sells in 130 character, you know, um, 130 territories, like you gonna be chilling. No, you gonna be chilling. <laughs> you gonna be. So I'm trying to chill like that, and so yeah, created by. But it's not even about the credit. It's just like you know, being able to like create something. Yeah. So. You know, to bring it back a little bit, this past year, right, with COVID and the lockdown, the pandemic and everything like that. How has that been for you? Cause I always like to ask people that work in the industry and shit like that. Very good question. Is there any going to be any close-ups? by the way, we're going to punch <laughs> in at all. You know, okay. um, I'm feeling good now. Now I'm waking up a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah. I had a little microdose yesterday too. That yes, little microdose. Yes. I smoked weed for the first time in like ages. I had like a little inhale. Like that's all you need. Like yes. just like one puff. I'm good. Had a couple of, I was, I was feeling good. Um, yeah, actually, COVID was pretty good for me creatively. I created something called All New Seinfeld, right. where if you're a fan of Seinfeld, you can go to Instagram, All New Seinfeld, and you'll see all new one-minute original scripts and little web series, web episodes yeah. of Seinfeld where I played all the characters, and I wrote them all. So uh, I love Seinfeld. It's one of the things I'm passionate about. We talked about like passion, like hair. I like hair and haircuts yes. and Seinfeld. Like that's really it. Like I, I'm struggling. I struggle to find like what I'm passionate about, but like, I'm definitely passionate about Seinfeld. And so I think at the time I, I was locked out of my friend's Hulu account or something. And like, that's how I watch Seinfeld. And so I was like, oh fuck. And so just to get my fix, I just started thinking of like little quick, literally like in my head, I just, that's how I think. I just think and like I, I think about Seinfeld all, all day, really. <laughs> and so in the absence of watching the show, 
but I still think in terms of Seinfeld. I just started thinking in terms of the characters talking about like new things. I love that. And so it was COVID. There was nothing going on. I was like in my house and I just started shooting these little episodes. Feel free to pull it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pull it up, pull it up, pull Instagram. it up. Instagram.com slash all new Seinfeld. And uh, hold on, let's check this out. Nice. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh my God, there it is. There's all new Seinfeld. So that's just a photo, but yeah, 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 if you yeah. go to, uh, go to nine, episode nine, Good nine, right? This one. Yeah. <laughs> so right now we're watching uh, all new Seinfeld. You can go to all new Seinfeld on Instagram and you're literally playing each character. Yeah. And so what? They're just all one minute clips. They're all like one minute, one minute plus like one, no longer than two minutes, but this one's probably like a minute 30. Holy shit. This is episode this is nine, right? Episode nine is the last one I did. How long ago was it? Dude, I think this is almost a year ago now because I did this at like the beginning. What are you shooting it on? iPhone. There we go. Yeah, fucking iPhone quality is just I getting know, so I know, but good. early on I didn't know how to do it and the early ones are really good, but they're cloudy. Oh, shit. So wait, just all shot on iPhone vertically? All shot on the iPhone vertically. But what happened was, um, so like episodes one and two, I shot it on the iPhone vertically but I didn't realize that on Final Cut, it's better to change the actual place it's living on to okay. vertical and not like, so what I was doing was I was uploading the vertical video yes. to a horizontal oh. frame. And then after it, after it exported, I was just cutting off the, the board, like the sides, okay. which I thought like would do the trick. Then I realized if you turn the final cut like yes, platform yeah, yeah. to vertical and you just upload the vertical video there, the, the quality doesn't change at all. It 1920 looks amazing. by 1080. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So once I figured that out after episode two, they started looking a lot better. And the first, like honestly, the first and second one might be my favorite ones because they were like the first ones. And after the first two, I was like, oh shit. And then it just started coming to me and writing them and so i got into a little pattern where i had them like i had like the next like seven written which was awesome because that's like where the work is really yeah. and that's why i haven't done it in like a year because it like takes a lot to like write them no it took those take eight hours basically each one yeah each one yeah jesus from man. start to finish of like editing it because the acting and, and the do a couple takes and all by yourself all by yourself i set up the tripod i know what everyone's gonna say all the characters are gonna say so i set up the tripod as the person I'm talking to looking at me, I do the, probably the whole thing standing there yeah, and then flip and change and do the other person and do all four of them. And then, but what I'm saying is COVID we're not doing anything home all day, you know? And what, and that was, it was amazing. Look like the Instagram is not popping. There's not that many views. I did put a little ad by behind them, um, which like people got talking like on the Facebook group, like they love it. People love it. The Reddit group, like they love it. Like Jason Alexander retweeted one, which wow. was like amazing. So that one has like 30,000 views, which was awesome. And so like that, the quality of the work and like the joy that I was getting from that. Like, so the same thing of like when I was, um, when I was in high school and I was in the auditorium performing and everyone was laughing and I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. When I've been putting out the Seinfeld stuff, the creativity that I'm putting out, feeling, feeling successful and productive because of like, the create the creativity that I'm putting out, yeah. plus like the reaction from people that are really fucking with it, plus like what we were talking about earlier. It's like, oh, when you do your thing, it's like natural, and then people come to you. It's like everything was clicking. I was like, 
now I haven't done it in a year, but like when I was doing it, I was like, okay, this is definitely what I'm supposed to be doing, like yeah. creating more content. And that's what I always was doing. But like, dude, it's like, I, I got to make money. Like I, it's to. hard for me to think about like doing that when like I have to get, like make money. And that's what's hard. And it's like, that's why eventually, like when I do have nice money to be generous, like I definitely want to like give creators money, not even like to create, sure. But just like, here, your shit is taken care of. Like, do what you got to do. Of course, man. You know, the other side is that, okay, we'll pay for your your product, production, but not even that. It's like, we'll pay for your rent and go do what you got to do because when you're allowed and your brain is free to think about that stuff, that's where your brain goes. So everyone's like, oh, when are you going to do them again? I was like, yeah, I would like to. It's just like, I got to write them, you know? Yes. Because I wrote them time. all, and uh, which was really fun. So I did that's what I did in COVID. And then I wrote and shot the the short, the short. So I did that at the beginning of COVID. And the, basically, so in like March, April, May, March, April, May, June was like that. Yeah. All new Seinfeld. And then like November is when I shot the pilot. And so that was writing a little bit in there. Um, so yeah, so it was honestly pretty good creative wise. And uh, have you ever seen that movie, uh, Fl uh, Flow, A Soul? Yeah, dude, you know, loved that flow, it. That ball, flow. I mean, bald when he was playing the piano yeah. in that scene with yeah. like the the retro. Yes, that's exactly the first thing I thought when you're talking about it. Right, is like being able to to find that flow, whatever creative outlet you're in, whatever it is, man. Um, to have to have that flow, and, and it's, yeah, it's just there's and honestly, there it's like and like that's when you like all your anxiety is gone because like you're not even worried because like okay, even if the, the money's not right there right then it's like it's all good because like you're you're putting out what you want to put out and yeah. like you know it's going to come when i'm doing nothing is when i really get in trouble like yeah. when i just don't feel good like yeah. even just this week i had a tough week because i had work i was working on that self-made thing for like four days and my brain was like so invested into this thing and i was feeling good too because i was like in the morning boom working till like 10 o'clock at night writing shit calling people having to do things for like four days. It took a lot of energy and time because I had to get it in and I was feeling amazing and just feeling productive. And then like when I hit send uh, like mon on Monday at like one o'clock, like since then I've just been like kind of lost this week, even though like I have stuff to do, I just got to like wrap my head around doing it. You know, I, I'm, it's not a perfect system, but it's ebb and flow though. That's how yeah. life is, man. You know? But yes. And so, it's, but like during those times when you're not feeling good, that's why I'm a little jealous of like people that surf or whatever. Yeah. It's like, just go surf, man. Just like go surf for the week. And it's yeah. like, and then come back and worry about your shit instead of like sitting there at the computer being like, I have nothing to do. Yeah. It's, you know, you do, you have to find a hobby, right? You have to find mm -hmm. something that d distracts your mind, whatever the fuck it is. Um, earlier, you said that yesterday uh, you had microdosed and, you know, took a little puff puff. I'm a huge believer in uh, psychedelics, if used yeah. correctly. You know, I've talked about it so many times on the podcast. Um, for you, those experiences have, does Mike, what does microdosing do for you? Um, well, my I had given one to my friend the other day and he was like, dude, we took it three hours ago. We don't feel anything. Are we doing anything wrong? I'm like, this is exactly what you're doing wrong yeah. because a microdose, it's like, you're not like high. You're not like feeling anything. Like you're just good. Like yes. you're just chilling. And yeah. so I like it because it kind of just like, well, going to that party that I was like working and I was like kind of anxious about like, oh, like I don't want to work. Like it's going to be embarrassing. I was like, let me just eat this. And like, yeah. nothing's going to bother me. Of course. And even, I didn't even need to eat that for that to happen, but it definitely like helped. And so when I have a microdose, uh, stress-free, worry-free, senses are heightened a little yeah. bit. 
everything's just good like you're just chilling it opens up a part of your brain where it's like you're 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 not normally used to it so it's like if you are if you're anxious if you're depressed if uh you want to get into creative flow mm. all these different things it it's not meant to you know make you start tripping no right? but it, it's meant to open and up. i think whatever you're doing it actually allows you to like focus on that so like yesterday i could tell like when i'm talking to someone like i'm really talking to them like i'm really engaged with them i'm present and that's a beautiful thing to be present because at the end of the day, if we were, if you could just be present, everyone would be okay. Of course. Because the only moment that ever existed is right now. Yes. Or will ever exist <laughs> is right now. And that's the truth. So it's like, because depression is like when we get sad about what happened in the past and anxiety is when we get worried about what's ha- going to happen in the future. Absolutely. And I mean, that's the crazy thing. It's like, I, I can remember, like I remember in college and people were like talking about anxiety. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like I literally never was anxious or it was, didn't, I didn't know. I could not relate to somebody that really? had, had no concept of what that was. And then I actually remember the first time I actually had felt that feeling. And it was like at an ultra actually, because like I could tell that like now it's not fun and games anymore. It's like, this is actually like what I'm going to be doing for a living. And like, yeah. now I got to get serious and like figure this shit out. And just like, hap- just like being here for fun, like, is not good enough. And so I remember feeling like cloudy in my head and like my stomach was kind of like, I mean, it's become more of a regular feeling now you're used to it, but like, yeah, growing up, no idea about anything like that. And, uh, I almost feel like, I guess now it's just becoming an adult. Like there's just more shit to think about, It is, but it's definitely like, uh, it sucks. No, it does. It does. (laughs) It's so funny. I've been talking about this a lot. Like I was talking to my therapist about it. Oh, nice. You go to therapy. Oh, hundred percent. How often? Uh, once a week. God bless. What a luxury. Huge, huge believer in, uh, therapy, but unfortunately there's a lot of terrible therapists out there. So it's about finding the right therapist, um, that, that works for you. We were even talking about it. Um, when I, when I saw him on Friday, right. And two years ago when I saw him right because i uh I, I suffer from manic bipolar disorder right and uh yeah let's talk about that let's and, talk about bipolar yeah yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah so i was um you know when i was 17 years old my father passed sorry right? here it's it's life thank you though um so when i was when i was 17 i went through that right i got uh, you know uh, addicted to to some drugs and was just trying to find my way dude and just kept on fucking crashing and crashing and crashing and you know as i got older and i shared my story how i got into the hair industry and it changed my life and all that and people have already heard it on here but i i always remember that you know i would have these moments in my life where i'm like super up right like everything's fucking yes yes i'm going to fucking take on yeah. the world and and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like, yeah. high highs and low lows. Exactly. And that, that was continually happening. I'd see a therapist and well, saw another therapist didn't help. Then eventually found a, a gentleman by the name of Brandon Goreski, and he single-handedly helped me change my life. Um, two years ago, if for the, about the first six months of seeing him, I was 24-7 just depressed. Mm. And the reason being was it was the first time that I was looking at the shit that I've gone through in my entire life from being homeless to hooked to drugs to losing my father, uh, just so many other things, right, Uh, where I would just bury it and bury it and bury it and bury it deeper and deeper, and I was just vomiting. I remember four times a month for six months, I would cry my eyes out for a straight hour there, and I would get into like these weird fucking just like super sad, depressed moments where I just thought everything was caving in on me. And then eventually, right, it was like, I don't remember exactly when it happened, 
But after I threw up enough of the past and everything I went through, things started changing. And I remember I'd go into therapy and I'd only cry for like a half hour. It was like 15 minutes and 10 minutes. And then it was just like, I wasn't sad this week. I didn't get sad today. I wasn't super up today, right? And so then I learned that structure, facing the shit from your past, can help regulate things that I personally go through. I can only talk about myself. And the person that I was two years ago to the person that I am today is a completely different person. Mm, wow, that's amazing to hear. different person. Like your day-to-day homeostasis of thought and feeling 100%. is different. A hundred percent. That's awesome. A hundred percent. That's awesome. I can now even talk about my father, right? Without right. bawling my fucking eyes out. I can confront my past without being ashamed of the yeah. shit that I did, right? And it's like, we all have to go, we all go through our own shit, but it's super important to face it. And, and so for me, finding a good therapist helped out a lot. I don't take medication for my bipolar disorder whatsoever. Um, even when I see myself like, why am I sad? There's no reason. I face it. I talk about it with the people around me because I'm super open and honest about it. And I go through it. And instead of being dragged all the way down, yeah. it's good. And and on the flip side, the highs I fucking love. So, you know, it's uh, I'm super productive and crazy. 100%. So. Now, I, I'm just asking at this as strictly educational, what classifies someone as bipolar like what makes it bipolar not just a regular person that gets happy and sad at different times do you like, remember pulling that up type, yeah. type in and because uh, i'm not doubting no, your no, condition. No, 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 i'm no, genuinely no. curious no. because i feel similar all the time not yeah so yeah bipolar. myself <laughs> but i'm just saying like, yeah bi- bipolar disorder there we go um and and i'm manic but yeah. um so for for me and we'll just read this real quick um okay bipolar bipolar disorder also known as manic depression is a mental illness that brings severe high and low moods and changes in sleep energy thinking and behavior people have bipolar disorder Disorder, uh, can have periods in which they feel overly happy and energized and other periods of feeling sad, helplessness, and sluggishness. <laughs> Sign and I, me up. Yes, 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 Sign yes. me up. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like that all the time. And I'm sure that's so many people in this so world, people, right? Especially creative people, for of sure. Of course, absolutely. And and so taking medication for it, I mean, maybe some people medication works, right? But for, only for me, right? I'm Manic not going to phase do it. may last months or weeks. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So the thing, the way I feel about it, it's like, just when I was younger, I was just like always this way. I was, I was always the, the this certain way, yeah. right? And now it's like I'm only that certain way once in a while. Yeah, where it's like that was like, oh, I'm myself now. Yeah. Like I was always myself, but now I don't know whether it's being adult or working on shit. And I, I guess I don't know. But when I hit those pockets of like, oh, this is who I am. Yeah, it's nice because I don't like being a person that I don't recognize. Sometimes I feel like I'm a person I don't recognize, which is like the worst parts Absolutely. of that shit. And then you get back into your swing of things, and you're like, yes, like this is who I am. So I, I know we have to do the work not to allow like our exterior to create our interior. Yes. But like, I don't know if maybe I'm just different in the way that like I'm really responsive to like my external like i really feed off the energy of like what's going on around me so it's like Absolutely. i really feel when th- and that's why whether it's like getting that full-time job or whatever it is like putting yourself in a scenario where you can feel like that more often yeah because it would be nice personally i'll tell you right now that if we flipped it and i f- and would be better where it's like oh i'm feeling this like way i'm supposed to feel I'm like okay sometimes i feel that other way yeah that'd be great I feel like most of the time I'm feeling like whatever and like, oh, I get those pockets of like, oh shit, this is yes, this is what's yes, up. Yeah, so yeah. I'd like to just find it. I'd like to just flip it and get it like 90, 10 the other way. Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, it is, I, I can only speak from my, my, my experiences is 
you know, um, one, obviously having a good therapist, um, two, you know, psilocybin and DMT have helped change. Oh, I'd really like to try DMT for sure. My life. So, um, I'll talk about my DMT experience. I was, um, this was five years ago, four years ago, three, four years ago. Right. I had, um, was flying to New York with my wife. Right. And all of a sudden I just started throwing up controllably on the plane, like nonstop. Long story short, I get, I get sent to the hospital when I land, right. I'm losing fucking blood. They had to fucking give me blood transfusions and, um, they couldn't figure out what was going on with me. And I was in the hospital for three fucking weeks. I, uh, like almost died. Okay. So from just sitting on the plane, so the reason to just start throwing up and blood started coming up. So what, what happened was, is I started, I was throwing up on the plane, couldn't stop. I was like sleep, slept in the bathroom. When I land, I go to my mom's place in Jersey and I go to take a dump. Right. And it's just blood coming out. Wow. Of my ass, holy shit. And at this point you had been doing drugs in your no, life. No, 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 no. It had nothing no. to do with the drugs. It had nothing to do with the but drugs. Had whatsoever. you been doing drugs in your life at this point? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I was already past okay. that. Like I was already past that, that phase. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Copy. That yeah. Pass, that's yeah. Past. Yeah. For sure. Um, you know, that, that phase really burnt out like seven, eight years ago, right? Oh, prior, so, prior to the throwing up, seven, eight years prior to the throwing up? Probably five years prior oh, to the yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so I was drugs. way past Copy. it, right? Um, but it was due to a, a medication that I was taking. So you were right? on medication? Yeah, because oh, I, I suffer from fibromyalgia. Right. And so they were giving me a medication called meloxicam, which I, I uh, long story short, it was cutting the inner lining of my stomach, right? Because it's just fucking terrible medication. And, um, and they didn't realize it. And so what happened was is, so much blood was coming out. I was getting multiple blood transfusions. I ended up getting um, really sick in the hospital to where like my lungs were getting like just, just filled up and I couldn't fucking breathe. I was on life support, rushed to the ICU. They were going to have to do like immediate surgery. And uh, they like that whole thing where like they bring your significant other in the back room. You got to sign the fucking paper, like all of that shit. And I ended up, everything turned around. They figured it out. Right. Um, but I, I had prepared myself to die. Like I honestly thought I was, I was dead. I mean, dude, I was fucking hooked up to life support, trach, the whole fucking nine, everything. Right. Um, and when I get out, I didn't understood. I didn't understand why I was alive. Nothing made sense. And so for two months, bro, it was, it was fucking hell. And so I ended up having to go on a work trip to new Orleans and I do what I have to do. And I get to the hot, the, the hotel that night and I started like drinking and shit like that. And it was just like crying. And like, at this point, like I, I just wanted to die. Like I just, what I like nothing, like I thought I was going to die. So I felt like I needed to die. Um, I went crazy, bro. I fucking shaved my head, shaved my eyebrows, my beard fucking had a manic breakdown. And so, um, I, I remember, you know, coming home and, and it was just like fucking nuts. And like, I, I didn't know what else to do with my life. I wasn't going to therapy at this point. And my, my friend had been saving some DMT for me. And I heard that there was, you know, you could have some positive experiences cause I had a lot of positive experiences on psilocybin LSD, but never DMT. And so I, um, you know, at this point, like I said, I want to fucking die. I look like a wet seal because I have no eyebrows. It's fucking stupid. So I go to his house, studio. I take the first hit, the second, third, and it's just him and I. And I remember blasting off into this fucking other world. I'm laying on the bed. I, I was so scared and nervous. Um, but at the same time, I was so comforting. Like, it was like, it was so weird. Like, I felt naked but whole. And I remember looking up, right? And I could see this face, and, and I thought it was my dad. I don't know who the fuck it was. 
And I just started crying and just like, I just want to die. Just please take me, blah, blah, blah. And whatever it was, you know, said, no, Brock, it's, it's not your time. You know, it's, you have a lot to do. You, it is not your fucking time, right? And I remember coming out of the experience and literally, bro, that feeling of wanting to die switched to wanting to be alive. And ever since that moment three years ago, four years ago, my entire fucking life has changed. Entire life and my, 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 my emotional and mental intelligence to my, to my physical, to my relationships with friends and family, my, my, my work, this podcast is like everything in my life has changed. And now I'm at this point where I want to live and I want to fucking take this world on with everything that I possibly have. And so, you know, I'm a huge proponent for these things if done correctly. And so in a nutshell, that is kind of my experience. And, you know, psilocybin has, um, I, I stopped smoking cigarettes because of an LSD trip. I, I intentionally went into it to quit because I couldn't do anything else to quit. I haven't smoked a cigarette since, right? Fucking same thing with vaping. I just did a LSD or psilocybin experience what, uh, six months, a year ago. Haven't fucking hit a vape since, right? So these tools, if used correctly, can really hands, help and transform your life. So I don't look at them anymore as like party drugs. I look at them as, you know, deep soul searching drugs. I'm, I'm looking to do an ayahuasca trip up in the next year. So that, that's something coming up soon. But um, yeah, man. I think Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing story. <laughs> Epic you. story. You've been through a lot. You yeah. had a lot of perspective for sure. And that's really cool to hear you you know, say all those things about you want you, you want to live, but like beyond live, you want to like take it on. Yeah, man. Like that's what's up. Absolutely, I'm with you, I'm with you bro. I'm ready for yeah. some DMT, ayahuasca, <laughs> all that stuff. Let's get it on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I um I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, dude. I I, I do so glad to be here. I hope I could impart some wisdom to the people listening, <laughs> some entertainment value. Uh, but yeah, thanks for reaching out. I appreciate that for sure. But yeah, everybody uh, look out for, if I post more content for, you know, either all new Seinfeld or the pilots called good kid from Brooklyn, you know, wish me best wishes to sell that shit. Yes. Trying to sell yes, some other yes, stuff yes. too. And in the meantime, just going to keep working and, uh, you know, really cool to, for you to have me. So, and, and you, seriously, your professionalism and all that stuff, like you're going to crush it, whatever you're doing. So keep doing it. Thank you, man. I appreciate Thanks. that. Um, where can people find your stuff? Yeah. Dylan Landon live on Instagram. I got my TikTok popping too. Woo. Uh, but yeah, just reach out love to collab. Always looking for videographers and editors and shit like that. So if anybody's uh, out, but yeah, gonna got to create more content this year for sure. Absolutely, man. I'll, I'll introduce you to, uh, my video editor, uh, Daniel Bagdasarian. He's a, he's a good dude and he can help you out. For Do you sure. come down to LA and like what? hang down in <clears throat> LA at all? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. I was just down there uh, last night. For sure. All right, bro. Hey, holler, yeah, holler we'll get together me, for sure, man. Holler for sure, me. for sure. All right, all right. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Yes. <laughs> oh, fuck that. Bring that in. Boom, motherfucker. Uh, Thank you, people. That was an hour 25. Nice. Yes, 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 good. yes. That yes, went sir. by very fast. It went by very fast. You're not Jewish, though. Yes, I am. Oh, Brock, my God. Brock Goldberg, are you fucking kidding That's me? That's not what your email says. Yes. Well, it says, uh, 
Yes, it's oh, one of we didn't email. No, yeah, we didn't email. Oh. <laughs> uh, just, your Instagram doesn't say yeah, that. Yeah, because it just says back to your story. Oh, yeah, that's so. I love my yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, a, I'm another up. Jew. Yeah, what, I thought you were just like, I thought you were just like, uh, well, that's what's up. Yeah. I thought you were just like, uh, you know, Robin Williams. You yeah. just like, you just like Jewish culture. I just, I just the pretend Jew. I mean, your beard, your beard. So cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I love. My parents are down in Florida. They're just doing their thing, you know, just crushing it that's all my mom lives in florida too yeah yeah she Let's lives go. in uh she lives in uh what wellington fucking we're worried about your folks in like boca don't nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. So very very that close very close so there you go all right man thank you so much i appreciate it thank you Doug. all right boom motherfucker for the second time on the wall dude you're so good at this shit Wowzers! Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you guys like this episode, and I really hope, uh, I really hope, I really want to thank Dylan for coming on the show and sharing his story. Um, don't forget, people, if you like the podcast, like, subscribe, share with a friend, friend, share with a friend, a family member, a foe, um, and uh, yeah, head over to our YouTube channel. You know, we're, we're constantly posting some good shit over there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else I got to say, but, um, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Praise be, motherfucker.